I like uh, I like starting things off compliment sandwich style, and that's that's kind of how I'm envisioning this today. So uh, it's not exactly gonna be a compliment sandwich, but we're gonna start with something a little light, and then we're gonna go pretty heavy. I hope we'll we'll see what happens, but we're gonna talk. I haven't seen a lot in the news about people talking what actually are realistic ways the police can be reformed to make it more of what I think it should be and more effective for the population, just for everyone and maybe not so murdery and racist uh, going in the future. But before we get to all that, um, I just want to say that doing a, being a triathlete, doing a triathlon is nothing to be proud of. Mm. Why? I just saw a uh, a bumper, not a bumper sticker, uh, one of those license plate holders, and it just said triathlete. And I had a little picture of a bike, a uh, runner, and a uh, swimmer. And it's like, cool, well, bro. Let me let me start by saying two things. I am sign signing up for a half Ironman for the fall, which I mm-hmm. hate. And, and not looking forward to it. Second thing, since I, my cousin makes me do this, he's super into fitness. I am not, but he guilts me into doing it anyways. And I go along with it for, I have no idea reason why we're just competitive with one another. Does he, but, uh, wipe the floor with you? Do you, do you like, let you keep up with him? He does. So we did a half marathon last year, like a, mm-hmm. a little over a year ago. And he dominated me. But this weekend, Memorial Day, we went on a run together and we were pretty much neck and neck. He beat me by just a just a little bit. So I've made I've made some good strides. Granted, he hasn't been training all that hard or anything. So when push comes to shove, yes, he will still beat me, but it should be better. Than well, I don't know. Maybe just train hard. Maybe you can get him. If I, you beat if you beat him here, this is my word to you. If you beat him, I will be proud of you. For wow. the triathlete. That's that's what I that's what I were that's what it's all about for me. Getting so your big Having you be proud of me is why I do what it is that I do in well, every aspect of life. Here's an opportunity. Here is an opportunity so, for you. So regarding your sticker or your bumper, your license plate holder that you saw, since I've been looking at this a little bit, pretty much you can do something that's considered a triathlon. There's a triathlon, an Ironman sprint, which is a type of triathlon, which you're basically doing like a tenth of an Ironman, which is like – you're not doing much of anything. You're running two miles. You're swimming like 0.2 miles. Yeah. But you're, you're biking also like trying, 10 miles. You're probably trying to do that like hella fast though. I mean like still, you, if you complete it, you could say you're a triathlete triathlete. That means I mean, if you do three things in a row, you can say you're a you know triathlete. What? You know what you want to, you know what they should do. You know, that guy should do. He should post his times, his times and his distance. Yeah. That would yeah. be impressive. Okay. That is a good point. If really you're putting your time on it, Show your work, buddy. Show your mm-hmm. work. Agreed. Because it's also just a license plate. You could just be actually it'd be kind of funny if he was doing it ironically. Yeah, that would be good. Just it'd be, I, sh- I should have drove by him and got a look at him. Gets out of the car. He's 400 pounds. Yeah. <laughs> that would be a treat. Triathlon. Sit on couch. Eat chips. Watch TV. <laughs> yeah. All at the same time, no less. That's a that's next level. We got to do them one after the other. That would make it the triathlon. Yeah, it yeah. It would be. Could we figure out the in one motion triathlon? I so can't. You, that's that's a, that, how can you? The way, the way I'm picturing this, you have a treadmill attached to a boat, and the boat's rudders are wheels, and the treadmill powers those wheels. Oh my god! I think you've overthought it. 
I think we need we have we have some more work to do. What if you're running on a treadmill? Or no, what if you're nope, it just can't be done. Nope, next I give I'm up. I'm pretty sure my plan I I think we could do the triathlon in one go. And just do that for what? Like 40 miles and call it a triathlon? Yeah. Actually 40, 40 miles of running through water essentially would be rough. <laughs> I think you might die. Dude, I'm I will die. Anyways, if you break it down part by part, I'll still die. I'm dying. This is going to kill me. Dying just thinking about it. Yeah. That would be quite something if you did die during it. You'd be you'd be <laughs> in the news. You'd be in the news. Gave it everything I got. Listeners that way. Everything I got. Left it all on the table. Local podcast host dies. <laughs> Does your cousin live in Tennessee? Uh, he lives in D.C., but he's from North Carolina. Okay. Okay. Oh, he you just yeah, moved to D.C. Right. So you're gonna go where? Where is this? Uh, so that's okay. what we're deciding. There's there's one kind of in Virginia that's kind of in ish in the you middle. Said you signed up? No, we're looking at them. We're signing up uh, for one uh, in the fall. They're all uh, the similar okay. dates. They're all like October, November, December dates. Yeah, they're gonna allow that. I mean, you know, coronavirus right. doesn't exist anymore, anyways. But yeah, what was that? What is that? I don't even know. What I don't that even is. know. Yeah, um, that's what that is. Yeah, it'll be it'll be East Coast somewhere somewhere East Coast. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be nice. See some fam, hang out in the East Coast. Yeah, I'm excited. Be good. Well, uh, yeah, I look forward. I look forward to that. I'm sure we will do some talks in that leading up there. Um, and overall, to kind of wrap that up, if you are a triathlete or a marathon runner or a half marathon runner, those bumper stickers are pretentious, and I hate them. And I will judge you for it. It's fair. I don't have one. Clarifying. Good. 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 Nor should you get one. Um, I gave myself so much extra work, uh, editing last week. It was absurd. The, uh, the automatic post-production software I used didn't work. So I had to use our separate MP3 files, which was like not that big of a deal, except for the part that throughout the entire podcast, it was picked up on the mic. I was like playing with two batteries that I like were sitting next to me and <laughs> clicking them. And I had to cut every moment you were talking and I wasn't was click, 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 click. So I had to cut all of that out. It just took way. It was something I would have had to do like 10 minutes that took an hour and a half. Well, bottom line, put the fucking batteries out. Be focused here. Do I your know, job. I man. know. I know this. That was totally on me. I'm not blaming anyone but myself. I'm just saying it. I made my own life harder. Being a little um, energizer bunny. Yeah. And much like me, the police are really making their own life harder at this point by, uh, murdering people for no reason and in general being racist. And I, as I mentioned before, I haven't heard a ton in the news about like what actually has to change. You know, you hear in the news about, Oh, there's these riots, there's looting, there's protests, like, and a lot of the news is bullshitting it like Fox news. And that the right side is all like, Oh, there's all these looting and riots. Like what are these people doing? And it's like, well, you're missing the point. I mean, the point of the looting and rioting to a degree is if there's not going to be any justice for these people, then we're not going to give you peace. Like I've kind of turned on that. I was more against looting in the beginning, but I didn't understand it. And I've grown. Um, and a lot of it's peaceful too. A lot of the peaceful protests I've always been a fan of. And I think the left side of the media is doing that a little too hard where they're not, they're just covering the protests. Like it's a feel good piece in a way. Like it's, it's like when, local neighbor saves cat from a tree, like those little puff pieces. Uh, there's real problems here. I mean, obviously yeah. that's why yeah. people across the globe at this point from an event in Minnesota, which is wild to think about too, 
Because it's not solely an American problem. It's largely, mostly an American problem for sure. Um, as we kind of hit on last week, you mentioned like the British police doesn't have all these killings because they don't have guns. No, that's a whole kit and caboodle. And that's one of the things that people say most often is like, well, take away the police, take away the guns from the police, defund them. And ultimately, which we'll get into, I don't think either of those are realistic. It's just not going to happen. I mean, whether or not it would be effective, which it would, maybe not the defunding, which I'll get up, get to. I just don't think you're getting rid of, you're not getting rid of guns from police. Not anytime soon. Maybe 20, 30 years down the road, different conversation, but that's not happening tomorrow. But here are some things, and I'm going to start off by kind of going over a brief history of police um, based on a couple of readings that I've done. Um, so let's just start there. Um, so really the police really got their start after well, during slavery as slave patrols, more or less um, people who are tasked with keeping slaves in line, catching runaways. And it was pretty much just like a bunch of vigilante cops who saw a way to make money um, capitalism at its finest. And that kind of grew and, cities and towns started getting their own paid for police forces from these vigilantes. And it, you know, just starting off right off the bat was a very, very racist thing. So that's kind of the beginning points of policing. Um, moving forward into the eighties and nineties, um, broken window policing became big. Uh, Mayor Bloomberg in New York City was really big with the uh, stop and frisk. Uh, these sort of police tactics where it's essentially the idea is if you see a broken window on a building and it's not fixed, the other windows on the building are going to be broken because people see that as okay. And you transfer that to the police. The idea was to arrest everyone for anything that they saw and just to get those numbers up. And once they saw the numbers going up, a lot of politicians were able to use this as like, oh, I'm protecting the streets. Here's an example of me protecting the streets. They were putting up numbers. So then over time, it was kind of like a corporatization, capitalization of policing where it was like, oh, we need to hit these numbers. We need to hit these numbers. And the goals kept getting higher and higher for the police on the beat. Um, so they just started arresting people left and right, made the numbers look better for people trying to be like, I make this street safe, blah, 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 all of that stuff that pretty much Trump has been saying on the Twitter and in the news, trying to get more guns out there, National Guard, the army, whatever. He's trying to do essentially that by arresting all of the protesters that he can to show that there's some order. This, in a way, does sort of work. I mean, being a massive deterrent, most people don't want to get arrested. It does act as a deterrent. Um, and people feel safe when they don't see graffiti and stuff on walls or shops getting broken into, which is realistic. I mean, people would feel safe. The issue becomes is that the police need to hit these numbers and start arresting people like um, Eric Gardner was selling Lucy cigarettes and selling a single cigarettes illegal in New York. Um, so that's how he got killed was just selling a loose cigarette. Um, but it's, there's millions and millions of cases like this where it's constantly trying to get these goals, arresting people, pulling people over for anything, any sort of probable cause, because we're trying to make you safe and we're checking on everyone where it gets more racist on that is that people in nicer neighborhoods, 
um, they don't like seeing the police. Seeing the police inherently makes you feel unsafe. I mean, you see the lights on, you kind of get a little on edge, um, but they still had to hit these numbers. So they went into poor neighborhoods where a more people don't vote um, and it wasn't really going to affect their polling as much as far as the bureaucracies involved, but still be able to get those numbers. And then on top of the fact that a lot of cops probably had some inherent racism within them um, and they get all stressed out from having to put up these numbers and it's a stressful job. And when you're at stress for a long period of time, you make stupid decisions. Um, and that's kind of a, a basic rundown, I guess, of the starting of where policing went bad. Um, any, anything you got to add in there? Yeah. I mean, you, that was a pretty good background. You, you got pretty deep on me there. I like it. Uh, like you said, at the very beginning of that, even over the course of the past two weeks here, there's been a lot that that's been going on. And even compared to last week, what we were talking about, things have, have changed or people have learned a lot. I think over the past week or so people that, you know, like one of my girlfriend's coworkers who is, you know, someone who you would expect from the South to have certain viewpoints of, of an all lives matter has even come around to saying, okay, you know what? I actually get it now. I get, I get the black lives matter, you know, which is good. That's, that's, Excellent. And I think real change, it's definitely seems a little bit more productive this time around, like things should be yes. changing. And, and, and to people that are, uh, that are saying, you know, that the looting is bad. Well, guess what? That's one of the drastic things that's happening. That's getting people's attention and making people realize that, yes, this is a serious problem and enough is enough and we're not going to stand for it anymore. Um, so that's great. And yeah, in terms of policing, I think you were just talking about all the quota stuff, the quotas, I think quotas are, are, are a bad policy to have in general, you know? Oh, yes. And I, I get why they were put in place, I guess, for for one, even before you got into politics, just to make sure that like we talked about this last week, too, was unions. You got these union workers and you want to make sure that they're not sitting on their ass all day. So you got to give them something to do, make sure they're doing their jobs. So, boom, let's give them some quotas, make sure they reach these quotas. Seems innocent yeah. enough. But then, yes, once you bring politics into it, like anything else. Then they use these numbers, these statistics to, to tout themselves as crime stoppers or, or, or anti-crime. And, and it kind of morphs into the system we have today. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I mean, anyone who is pro Mike Bloomberg when he was running in the election and also doesn't think he's a racist. I mean, he used the term those neighborhoods. Right. As far as like his like policing, because um, he knew that it wouldn't be popular in a nice community like downtown Manhattan or whatever. Um, you had to stick it to those neighborhoods where it's out of sight from the average most people, but you're still getting those numbers. And that's ultimately and what's that, really And that's the politics. Up. That's what's bullshit. That's, that's why it gets so much more convoluted and fucked up when you just bring in politics into a whole I'm, situation. I mean, really, the older you get, the more and more you realize how, how, uh, how politicized everything is. So, and it's everything. all, yes, it's all just for image. It's all for image or even just a one liner that someone could say, I brought down crime 10%. We had 1,500 more arrests this year. Look at me. That's it. It's the bottom line. That's what it's for. Yeah. A lot of times. So, I'm going to bring up one more thing before we get into, uh, we get into some of the ways we can maybe fix policing. And that's called qualified immunity. Um, I didn't know this was a thing before. 
And it essentially explains a lot why police aren't held to a very high standard, to be honest. They're held to no standard. Um, They get away with a lot of shit because of this thing called qualified immunity, which is basically the idea in the court system that if a police officer has not been in trouble for doing something in the past, they can't be blamed for their actions because there was no legal precedent set before on those actions. Um, An example of this, this took place, I think, in California. The police essentially robbed a house of $275,000 of rare coins, and they only claimed on their rap sheet, whatever it's called, uh, $50,000 worth of coins. Um, The person complained, was like, no, there was way more coins there. Like, what the fuck? Um, It was proven that there was the $275,000 and that there was a missing $225,000 coins. Um, None of the police who did were in this were charged or arrested with anything because there's no precedent that police could not steal coins on the job. And this happens all the time for just tiny minutiae details where it's just like, oh yeah, like they've never done this before. They didn't know they couldn't do that. So like now they know. And because not only, not only is there no precedent, right? It's also because there's no written, it doesn't plainly state police officers are not allowed to steal coins on the job. Right. 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 So they're not that, breaking a, a, a specifically stated rule and no one's been in trouble for it before because it hasn't been a specifically stated rule. So boom, they can yeah. get away with it, which is bullshit. Yeah, absolute Obviously. bullshit. I mean, um, I was talking with texting back and forth with a buddy about this, um, a mutual friend, as it were, uh, a, uh, a sponsor, as it were. Wow. Um, he it's just so ridiculous the stuff that they can get away with and he's just really like well i mean the police should be held to the highest standard the people who are like it's like who patrols the watchman or who watches the watchman like who right right there's no and and there needs to be a completely independent oversight committee for sure yeah um, and, and there I think are that's oversight committees, but they're right. like within the police union and stuff. Exactly. So like, what are that's, they? That's what are they really doing? It's very unproductive. Extreme. Have, like extreme. It's just a waste of money. I mean, much like large military spending, um, just an extreme waste of money. And much like arming the police with flashbang grenades and all of this like SWAT equipment. Like the amount of times that they actually need the SWAT equipment, there should just be a separate entity for that in my opinion right right and that kind of goes to to what i was talking about with you know you have the actual on the ground beat cops with that have their own system their own setup their own policies and everything and then you have for extreme situations these SWAT units that are completely separate and completely dire situations is when they get yeah 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 all right um i say let's lighten it up real quick let's Let's go to a little odd story just to kind of, you know, get people in a little lighter mood. We don't want to keep this too heavy. You know, I don't let's think of our, us as a. Let's take we'll a take, breather. I like to take a breather, but we've got more to cover. We got more to cover. I got more I want to say, and I know oh, you yeah. do too. Yep. Um, so let's go with this story that I found um, and somewhat related. In Iceland, a uh, man was doing yard work and found a World War II era explosive. Um and he just was doing some yard work and found that. So that had to be terrifying. What what was going on in Iceland that there were explosives there? I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm no buff, but what's going on in Iceland that this was happening? I do not 
really ever recall Iceland being involved. They're kind of pretty crazily isolated. Embarrassing, embarrassing admission here. I'm going to Google Maps. I know, I know it's mainland Europe here, right? I'm not that dumb, am I? No, it's not Greenland, very, though. It's We're not, right not. It's not Greenland. It's might as well be Greenland. Oh shit! It's they're like best friends. Oh, Greenland they are Heights, buds. Right next what? to each other. So it must have been like a strategic point where they had bases or something. Where someone was. I'm assuming on something move, like that. Right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, but they're still. That's hilarious. What would you fucking think about that? I mean, <laughs> they just eyeballing it on the map. Iceland's roughly half the distance away from the U.S. from Germany. Just eyeballing it. I mean, I'm sure it's a little closer, but it's it's still pretty far out there. Oh, it's out there. It's out there. Yeah. But it's UK. Yeah. UK right there. UK is right there. I mean, they probably they definitely have bases there. I mean, they've yeah, it's it's close. But geez, I mean, it was a deadly thing. That's crazy. How talk about shit in your pants? I would just assume honestly that it wouldn't blow up, and I'd probably die. It's so cold there, right? I would figure, you know, it's probably frozen over. Well, here's the thing: you're very, you're very, it, it is cold in Iceland. But part of the reason that they're named Iceland is because they have they felt like they were attracting too many tourists. And it's a very beautiful, very, very crazy, beautiful land. Um, yes. Too many tourists. and They didn't want to ruin the ecosystem, essentially. So they're called Iceland to kind of like just get people to think that it's all ice all the time. When in fact, Greenland, right. which is way, 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 way more ice and nothingness is called Greenland because there's like nothing fucking going on in Greenland. That's what they say. Iceland, Iceland. Iceland is green and Greenland is ice, right? Yep. Yep, I think that was exactly. from Mighty Ducks is where I fucking heard that the first time. <laughs> I believe that is. Yeah. So there you, go. Uh, you know, isn't it weird, though? I'm pretty sure now Iceland's all about tourism. You could buy a ticket to Iceland right now for cheap as fuck. And, and, and everybody's going to Iceland. I know a guy who did a weekend trip to Iceland because it was like a hundred dollar flight round trip. That's they had a from like, going it's on. gotta be from like New York, from New York, thing. from yeah. New York. Yeah. Yes. I mean, it's not even that bad of a flight. I mean, not saying it's like easy, but it's like what, like probably like a six hour flight. Do that at the right time to sleep through it. You're fucking set. Nah, you're fine. That is, that's, that's worthwhile for sure. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. The, it's probably only a couple time zones over. Not like it's other side of the world or anything for a hundred bucks too. That's awesome. That's, yeah, that's it's fucking tough awesome. to beat. It's tough to beat. The only thing that I guess you have to factor in is, you know, customs, Probably takes another add another hour, two hours on your bullshit commute. <sighs> Fucking there. hate. I couldn't. Customs now must be. Well, I guess there's no one traveling, but once things start to open up more for international travel um, than they are now, and people start doing it more, customs is going to be a nightmare. Nightmare. Customs more, more than nightmare. ever. Yeah. More. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. More so even than now, which is hard to fathom. I will say, getting back in the United States was. It was just nice because it's just so much easier when you're a native. Where the fuck were you? I went to uh, uh, Panama. Uh, right, oh, actually, yeah, right before. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. What time um, of year? What month was this? February, right before all of this oh, hit. Wow. I mean, wow. in. Uh, oh, Pan- I wish you got stuck there. That would have been uh, so funny. <laughs> I mean, I only missed it by like two weeks. So, oh my god, that would have been something. <laughs> oh, I have a so buddy. Close. I have a buddy. And he was in uh, Thailand, I believe. Jesus. And pretty much it was like, hey, get out now or you're going to be stuck. Well, that sucks. I'm sure the amount of money they lose there. He probably lost a lot of money on that. 
Oh yeah. You definitely have to take a bath. I mean, I mean, what else are you going to do? Get stuck there and then get exactly. fired from your job or whatever. Exactly. Like, it's not really you got to bite the bullet on that. Yeah. yeah. Have you ever, that. did you do a lot of yard work in your youth or any time since? Uh, I did yard work. I, I didn't do a lot. Like I didn't really mow the lawn much. And I probably mowed like 12 lawns in my life, but I did other yard work and shit and, you know, raking and pulling up sod, putting down new grass, yeah. all that fun shit. Did you ever, and did you ever find anything? Least favorite yard work ever. Nah, uh, I was actually just going to ask you that weirdest thing I've ever found. Uh, nothing's coming to mind. I feel like I've found weird stuff at the beach, but I, uh, nothing's, nothing's jumping out at me. I'll let you think. I have two points on this one on your beach. Let's hit on that. Um, it is always super fun at the beach when you like, I've seen a couple like glass bottles that have a lot of um, Asian characters on it. And it's like, damn, this thing traveled. <laughs> like, that's always pretty cool. Um, and then two, it's not weird what I found, but I used to work um, for a township near my hometown and a lot of it was yard work. And I found the greatest koozie of all time. It was from Jellystone. Um, if you're aware of those, that parks, um, thing, it's with the, uh, uh, Yogi bear team, whatever. Um, and it's just a very nice koozie and I just took it home, bleached it, washed it out real good. And I have it to this day. <laughs> I like it. I like it. You know, I got a, uh, insulated, speaking of koozies, insulated, like, you, you know, beer can holder. And the Yeti uh, one keeps the shit cold. No, it's not a Yeti. It's a different brand. But I fucking love it. It's versatile. I could do 12 ounce cans, 16 ounce cans, wow. or you could just pour, you know, pour something in it itself. It oh, is wow. a fucking dream. That is that is a dream. All I need now is my goddamn pool to open. As soon as my fucking pool opens, I'm golden. Have you ever seen like those like tiny yetis that are like the size of a coffee cup? Uh yes, yes I have. I don't I don't understand those because they're still got to be like forty dollars because Yeti stuff's crazy expensive. I'm actually like, getting one through my work in a couple weeks, so I will report back. One of those little cups. Yep. Yep. Like yeah, a coffee just, mug, right? So yeah, whatever yeah. you want to call it, like a twelve yeah. ouncer. Yeah. I just don't mm-hmm. get it. I mean, it's so small that Why not how long do you want to keep that small one? Yeah. Yeah. I guess it's, it's just for a small like, amount of coffee, like I. How cold could it get? How long are you paying on keeping it? Coffee and whiskey, I guess, or, or liquor, right? Those yeah. are the only two things that you use that for. I guess right liquor now. makes more sense. Wine, I think people use it for too, so you can carry it around. Yeah. But I just don't think you need, I, I just wouldn't spend $40 on it. That's what blows my mind. Right. Ah, um, I wouldn't either. That's why I'm getting mine for free. I'm all about it. Yeah. No, totally. Totally. Um, yeah. You get stuff from free. I mean, Really, if you just became a cop, you could just loot something and get it for free, and you'd probably be fine. As long as no one's ever done it before. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> just got to do a little research, you know, and then you're good. Yeah. So let's uh, let's get back at it after the, let's after the heavy stuff. Um, any any thoughts you have before we get into maybe uh, say like five things that we can realistically do to? Uh, I I do have some thoughts. So just to to say i was texting a buddy and we were kind of talking about it too like one way to fix it or one way to help fix what you're going to get into anyways is uh to pay more for cops and i think we maybe brushed on this last week too pay cops more and Mm -hmm. you give incentives to more qualified people or or there's going to be more people applying for these jobs and you can weed out the bad eggs a little better you have more 
you know, it's just a numbers game. You need to fill these spots right now so that you're not understaffed, but there's a much greater likelihood that you're going to get some bad eggs for sure. Yeah. Uh, if you pay more, then you're going to get more qualified people or more honorable people and mm-hmm. it's going to be better off. Um, mm-hmm. And proof that there are, of course, so many bad eggs out there right now. We know it, obviously, the, because of the murder that started this whole thing. Um, but even with all these protests all around the nation, you're seeing police brutality happen during these riots. Like if ever there was a time as a cop for you to be on your best fucking behavior, it's right now. And some dudes still can't control themselves. There, you got people in Buffalo knocking over 75 old men. You got people in Philly, Did at you- Temple University, fucking all over. some student in the head with a metal baton. How are you fucking doing that? All of this, of course, is going to be on camera right now. Oh yeah, so dumb. it's literally they. This this is what they. That's what they are. They they just love the the violence and the drama. That's what draws them towards this job: the ability to wield their power and and be violent. That's what has to stop. And clearly, there's a very pervasive problem all across the country where this is happening. Every I'm sure every precinct has an issue at having at least one officer act like that. Oh, yeah. At least. I'm saying at least. I'm sure it's way more. Oh, you know what's actually crazy and like kind of really leads to the problem even more? Um, the other officers that were with the murderer um, officer, I'm not going to give him the justice of saying his name on here because I don't want anyone to be a copycat crime artist. Um, but that little fuck, he, uh, he was like training the other three officers that were with him. Like, right. it was like I think some of them were just week a couple weeks, two weeks yeah. in, right? Super fresh. I think some of them were like, th- that was their fourth or fifth day. Yep. yep. Like just what? And, and like, obviously they did not react the right way, but if you're being trained by this guy, not, what are you thinking? Yeah, you're just like, is this just how it is? Like, uh, this is my right. boss essentially in this situation. Like, and I guess that's, if- I don't know what the training process is, obviously, that they go through, but you want to think that, again, when they pick people out like this, one, you train people to to react in those situations, and two, you're trying to find people that would not just observe when this is happening, but take action yeah. and stop this from happening. And you think um, – and that will lead right into one of the points is um, I'll say one thing they can do is not defund defunding the police is not going to help if anything keep the keep the uh, amount of money going into the police forces the same and reallocate it or even give more money for training take money away from the militaristic style weapons you know they don't need to be carrying ak-47 no one does ar-15s whatever the fuck guns are out there fuck guns anyways but read um i, I agree no with that i think that's kind of like what we were saying with if like i was saying with with pay cops more money i think yes invest it differently allocate it differently much the money is there i think the money there's enough money to be effective yes not every cop needs to have five different guns in their car or whatever the hell they have right no invest it differently have more training pay officers a little better have more more ongoing trainings have more check-ins, have more fucking psych evaluations all of it that's a huge thing more psych evaluations just more more psychological evaluations going into the hiring process, ongoing psychiatric evaluations, like, and then get paid for that time. 
I think a big one is ongoing psychic evaluations because yes. when you hire someone and they don't know or they haven't seen anything work wise and they don't really know how they're going to yeah. react in these situations. But then that, once, well, once they get some experience and then maybe they get jaded with all this and they just had enough and yep. they just want to fucking enough is enough and they want to put an end to it. So as soon as they see something bad happen, they say, oh, fuck this. And they, you know, smack someone in the head with a baton, you know. Yeah. People are going to change, or their or or at least their true colors will show as time goes on. So I think right. mandatory periodic evaluations would be a very worthwhile. I mean, just look at your most people. I would say look at your work output from like the first week on a job to like your fifth year. If you're in the same role or even like similar roles, like yes, once you're in the job for a good solid six months, I'd say at least. Like, is your are you? always going to be as gung ho about being perfect about all the rules. You're going to start being like, Oh, I don't really need to follow this. Like I've you, seen you, everyone else slide on this. Like you get late, you know what you can get away with and you know what you have to be by the book on, you know what you have. It's just yeah. human nature, I guess, to a degree, but it's a bad thing to, to it's a bad position, bad job to let things slide on. And how do you keep on top of that? You got to yeah. Continual check-ins more training and more oversight. And that more just oversight. leads to more at the oversight. very least you can't defund the police. All that's going to do. Cause typically when things get defunded and this happens in hospitals pretty frequently when they, uh, they want to save money, they don't save money on like equipment or stuff. Cause they, people like buying shiny new things. They save money by just cutting employees. So all that's going to do in my opinion is just have less police on the beat meaning the existing police are going to work more hours, be more stressed out and be more likely to act heinously. Yes. And, and you're you, going to think they probably would argue then that they need more weapons, more everything to make up for the lack of, of, of yes. manpower that they have. So they yes. make up for it with firepower, which that's only going to create more problems. Yeah. It's that'd be a cyclone of shit is what that would turn into. Um, you know, we spend how many billions of dollars on the military every year? You take just, a bill away from that. Just one of them, you know, buy one, buy a couple less Apache, Apache helicopters, whatever. And you put that all just towards police training, police, uh, psychiatric evaluations. And that's, that's a step in the right direction. And that's not really that hard to do. Yeah. And that's another thing I was actually texting about with, uh, our buddy here today as well. Um, and I agree with that. And I think that's always the first thing that comes up whenever anyone's talking about, cause we were also talking about teachers, how teachers should be paid more. And yeah, that's a good way to get more money for teachers. But, and it always comes up because it seems so obvious that there's so much money being spent on military. We could definitely trim some of that fat off and use it a little more wisely. But the problem is, like we mentioned earlier, is it all comes back to politics and it's easy politics for a congressman or someone to say that they've invested in military, especially if their district is pro-military or heavy on military. If there's a military base there, boom, they just win all these votes immediately by being pro-military. So it's just hard to make that change because it's. I feel like it's so easy to get points when you're pro-military or pro-military spending like that. Yeah. And that's yeah. the problem. It's politics. For a large part, yeah. Or for a large portion yeah. of the population. Easy. Especially you get yeah. those um, flyover states where yeah. a lot of them tend to be more militaristic or anyone ex-military. Well, yeah. not anyone, but I'd say probably ball. I'll be conservative on my ballpark, but like at least 75% of military people are going to be like, oh yeah, they need more money. And I'm sure in some ways they do need more money, but it's not on the weapons that cost the most money. It's probably more of like housing or like 
comfortability. Like, I mean, I understand that it's going to suck like being in a tent in a rack for six months, whatever, however long your term is. Uh, but adding more weapons to that isn't going to make it suck any less. And you could do different trainings and have different things to take your mind off it. I, just ballparking there for that. Um, right. And I'm sure a huge chunk of this all goes into R and D into things that they try that never right. see the light of day. Well, you because either when them. they do determine it, you know, it's so expensive to actually mass produce it effectively, yeah. or it's just not feasible. And, you know, obviously lots of great inventions have come from military, but I, you got to find that balance. You got to reassess it and, and find a better balance. Yeah. Because there's it's, more needs out there right now than, 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 what, than what we're paying for. And there's more solutions to those needs, too. Yes. There's solutions out there, I'm sure. Yes. I mean, a lot of these unmanned things, I think, are good for surveillance and stuff. I think surveillance would be key. If that way you don't need, you wouldn't need all the other stuff if you have just better surveillance. Right. Which goes back to freedom, whatever, blah blah blah. Like, let's not even let's not even touch that. Let's let's, let's get away from there because that's just going to be a whole can of worms that people bitch and yep. moan about. Because and there are no to- military experts either. But yeah. I think it's been going on our whole lives, and I'm sure before us, people have been making the argument that we could take some military spending and use it elsewhere in the country. I yes. think that rings true. It's just hard to actually make that change in government because politics. Yep, and yeah, that's. Yeah, because politics you summed it up well. So let's say go back to when Rob was like, I don't know, like five, six years old. What when your five or six year old mind? What what did you think the police were? They're the good guys who stop the bad guys. Bottom line, right? That's what you're taught. If you're in trouble, you know, you call the cops and they help you. Right. They make good guys, but they make the bad guys go away. Whatever. What have you. So fast forward to a time when we were robbed uh, living together in Miami. Um, mm-hmm. Why don't you tell me a little bit about how that call went? Uh, this was my first day, first night at our college house. Is that, that true? Was, I didn't even realize that. My, oh my first goodness. night. I was there. I got there early before the semester for summer classes. You were there. It was probably your, like you were a few weeks in at this point. Obviously, we I were there familiar summer. with I was the there the whole summer that year. Yeah, I think I was just a few weeks behind because I was first summer session, but I think you never went home or maybe you only went home for a week or whatever. Yeah. Who gives a fuck? Yeah. Um, so my first night there, it was me, you, another roommate, and her boyfriend. So it was four of us there. Um, we stayed up late, whatever, drinking, hanging out, shooting the shit. Uh, go to bed. Wake up. I have an eight o'clock class. That's very early for me in college. It's still kind of early for me now. But I wake up and I make my way over to my eight o'clock class. I'm only a few minutes late and I do my class. I'm like, wow, this is a piece of shit. What a waste of time. This is for me. This is biology. It's nothing to do with my major, nothing to do with what I want to do. But here I am. I go back. I'm sweating my balls off because it's Miami and you guys are up and get back and you say, hey, Rob, where's your laptop? I'm like, I don't fucking know. I think it's under the, the living room table there. I look under the living room table. It's not there. I was like, oh, all right. My bad. Must be under the bed. I go under my bed. Boom. It's not there. I was like, I don't know. Where the fuck is it? What'd you do with it? Like, yeah, we got robbed. <laughs> I was like, yeah. okay, you couldn't just led with that, assholes. So <laughs> you built up the suspense of the drama for me to confirm that we've been robbed, which you already knew. So we called the cops. Uh, like, you know, you're taught to do when you're five or six year old, like we just talked about. Just to, just to file a report and explain to them that we were robbed. And, oh, my God, did this guy have some advice for us? So we filed a report. We say, you know, reasonably, 
hey, is there, you know, what do you think the likelihood of us, you finding this stuff is? We I lost a laptop, someone lost a phone, a couple of wallets were missing. We got, yep. we got hit pretty good. Hit pretty, um, yeah. And so on the way out, he was about getting ready to leave. And I asked him, I said, hey, officer, what do we do if someone, if we see someone trying to come back in uh, or someone breaks in or if we see someone jiggling on the door handle or whatever? And he looked at us. We had a big pile of garbage out front because we were moving out everyone else's old shit from the previous regime, if you would. Um, he looks at us and says, you guys have a lot of shit out front. Just beat the crap out of him. Put a screwdriver in his hand and say he was trying to assault you with a deadly weapon. What the fuck? That's your advice as a police officer to us? Yep. That's your advice? This can't be right. This is not good. I do not want you telling me that. I was I think we were all just we were floored. all pretty floored. We were absolutely oh floored. Not I, the response we were expecting. That was the talking point from there on. It wasn't the fact that we got robbed. It was no. the advice from the cop to beat someone up and frame them for murder. Yeah. Attempted murder. Yeah. That's his advice. Clearly, again, systemic problem. And yeah. what else did he say? Un- unwarranted. Unasked. We didn't ask anything. He's like, yeah, you guys live a couple of minutes from a really bad neighborhood. It was probably a crackhead who came in here. Blah, 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 blah. Like, yeah. dude, man, come on. There is a 100% chance that that guy has used the N-word with a hard R. It's a 100% chance that he has on his record excessive force complaints against him. Yeah. Yeah, and he was like uh, about as classic of an asshole looking cop as you could get. Big, bald, white guy, um, intimidating figure for sure. Just big dude. Just looked like country strong kind of style. Dude, that was that was unbelievable. Unbelievable. It's just it's it's wild to look back at now and just see like and I don't so think we was, really realized. Right. We, we, were, that, we were ignorant. We didn't even realize like how systemic of a problem that was. So it's so right. That was a harmless incident, but it just speaks volumes that that was something that, that nothing came of, but it just illustrates the mindset that he and presumably many others have. And again, I think it's kind of like being jaded after spending so many years on the job, you kind of get a little jaded and you lose that sense of what's normal. And that just becomes their response. So he's like, you get tired of this, seeing this shit day in, day out, or whatever it is, crime that sees Yeah, oh, fuck it. Just beat the shit out of someone framed for murder. Even you, the bl- lines of legality become blurred and you just do whatever becomes easiest for you. Yeah, I think that's the thing. It's just do the easiest thing. Like for him, that's the easiest way out of this Done. situation. Gets, a, gets him out of beat the office early. Get the shit out of someone the inch away from their death or even kill him. Like, get, eliminates the situation maybe one way or another it gets him home faster at the end of the night maybe it's less paperwork whatever it is that's what it is okay i'm not gonna write this guy a ticket because i don't want to i don't want to do this because i don't want to yeah yep so i mean 100 percent sure that that guy has a lot of problems in his life in general and i hope i mean the way he is i hope we're wrong and he hasn't really done anything bad and he just had a weird day and a weird comment, but there's about a 0.0001% chance that's true. It's not likely for him, but I will say, I think one you, you you've also seen here some cops that have come out with comments or, or shown acts of protest as well that that are very uplifting. And it's proof that, you know, obviously not all cops are, are bad eggs, which is good to see. It's good to see. And it's just a it's a it's a 
person. I think it's a person problem, right? You just have these people that are like that, you know? Well, and, 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 and at that, but also the system gives them so much leeway and then yeah. they're trained as well, whatever, however they're trained to probably be too forceful in a lot of situations, which isn't good either. But there are some people that just, I think, can't be fixed and they just have to be eliminated from the equation in terms of hiring from the beginning. Yes. Yes. And that all goes back to not defunding and spending more money on the training. Um, psychological training is massively important. I had that as a separate point. It really just tied in with the uh, the money point. Um, let's go on to another idea that I have. Um, and this one, I don't really even understand why. Well, I do understand why it's such like an issue with the police side of things. But for anyone else, body cameras, you're on the job, that thing clicks on. And if it clicks off, for whatever reason, unless you can like absolutely prove that you had nothing to do with it. Like it was just a, a camera malfunction. And like, I'm you didn't really have to prove it. Like there better be some fucking heavy investigations by uh, third party investigators into like why this body cam wasn't on. And if you're riding in squads of two, the likelihood that two body ca- cams went off, is like right. wildly unlikely right. body cams on clock on your shift, click in that thing on you're just getting your whole day is getting filmed. Right. And you know, if you're doing good, it goes back to like, I don't really have a problem with people looking at me on my, uh, my computer screen. If hackers are doing that, go after it. See this, see this 12 inch long if you want. Right. Right. I th- I understand that inherently people have some problems with protecting their privacy just as a right. But if you're a cop nowadays and you're going to sign up for it, you should sign up to know that you're going to have to deal with body cameras. The only, yeah. the only exception to that is bathroom breaks, right? You got to yes. give bathroom break oh, but that's what, fair. what's the protocol you you open the door to the bathroom you click off and you click on when as soon as you come out and if it's anything over what will we cap it at 20 minutes i'll give you 20 minutes in there yep. if it's anything over 20 minutes something's wrong and again if you're traveling in two with teams the other person has to have theirs on yeah yeah, exactly. And the other person should, and then you could say like, Oh, what if something happens while they're in the bathroom? Well, they're probably going to call in their, their squad their partner will be there and they probably would not be going to the bathroom at the same time. And that would make be it easy. a rule. Like, Don't pee at the yeah. same time. It's an yeah, easy rule. Guard the door. One at a time. <laughs> yeah. One person's probably in the car. He's probably not even doing anything. He's just sitting yeah. in the car while the other guy's taking it. Oh the yeah. hundred percent. Just yeah. on his phone, checking Twitter or whatever on that little laptop computer they have in there, which is sick to be honest. Yeah. Oh, those are nice. Um, I'd, I'd, I'd kill for one of those. I'd kill. Um, don't kill. kill. Yeah, that's true. It's probably bad. Just buy one, dude. Just buy one. Don't kill anyone. (laughs) Um, yeah, don't kill. Um, anyways, we talked about this earlier. Qualified immunity. Just get rid of all of those laws. Qualified immunity be the adios. Like you have the same amount of scrutiny as any average day matter Rob. You don't get the like, oh, like, I didn't know that I couldn't do this because it wasn't in the rules. Like, if you fucking murder someone, if you fucking steal a bunch of shit on the job and it gets proven, like, you're getting arrested with the exact same crime that you or I would for breaking into a house and doing all that shit. Yeah, like, I agree with that. And 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 I think that 
if you're saying that you're just as if you're telling cops right now that you're just as likely to be convicted of a crime, whether it be assault or anything else, as any other citizen, that's probably a little discouraging for them because they're constantly putting themselves at risk in these dangerous situations. Oh, well, here and they never here's know what's going to happen. Thought. Maybe they won't just go shoot first, then. Right. So, so to to help balance that out is again like what we talked about you have to re-incentivize them again to to stay on the police force so you pay them more money or do whatever else it is so you still it's not like oh well i'm not going to do this because it's just all risk no reward you still have to you know you has to you can't just say okay you're going to be in all these dangerous situations anything but you can't fuck up not even once right well you still can't fuck up not even once but we'll say since you do your job properly we'll pay you for it we'll pay you accordingly yeah, exa- yeah, and that would you'd get a lot better candidates. I mean, yeah. you look at a lot of the mil- when you're in high school, at least in my high school and the high schools around me. During like towards the end of senior year, what was always propped up around they had tables and be like, "Hey, by the way, well, military the recruitment guys, the recruitment guys, they're there. They are not getting the cream of the crop for the most part. No, the and cream you of know the crop what the- comes from the people who join ROTC while in college. Like that's probably the yeah tippy top well and obviously people go like the naval academy and blah 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 sure i think that i think the military has their own problems for sure but the military is at least known for having incredibly strong leadership right yeah and i don't i i would think at least in terms of reputation the leadership than the hierarchy that they have in place is much stricter uh, than what goes on in the day to day police, any yeah. any random small town police force, right? And I think that's also part of it. You need to have strong, strong leadership in these types of in in, in every police station in the United States. Yeah. You can't have a guy that's going to say, "Oh, you fucked up and and you did this." That's all right. We'll we'll sweep it under the rug. That's unacceptable. No, we need a bunch of Nick Sabins out there holding people accountable. You're in a position of immense power. And how you does have, that how does that get accomplished as well? Oversight. If something happens to an officer and you're their commanding officer, that falls on you just as much as it falls on them. You want yep. your team to be effective, you bear that burden just as much as anyone you else. Got to fall on the sword. Yeah, it's your team. Anything that happens with them is ultimately your fault. Yes. I couldn't agree with that more. I mean, I know that's going to and that'll keep some people away from wanting to join the police and to those people probably good that they're not trying to join the police now. Right. If anyone thinks like, Oh shit, well I'm probably going to do something bad. So I don't think this is for me. Excellent. That's perfect. Yeah. That's what Get we're out. looking for here. That's Thank what you. we're trying to accomplish. Exactly. Next. Yep. Yeah. Um, so yeah. And that kind of, uh, that kind of gets on to keep policing records for longer. Um, I read an article and a lot of policing records just go away at a certain point. Like even if a guy gets written up, like the guy who killed George Floyd, like he had multiple complaints against him, but like a lot of those were just kind of like, Oh, like out of sight, out of mind. Like mm-hmm. you have enough of them well, built up. It's like, Oh, you haven't had enough in three months. So you're good. I, it's because I, I don't know how it is exactly, but each I'm sure each department or each city or each whatever has their own records and email retention policies you have to keep these things for so long. There should be a federal uniform mandate that says, okay, for all police officers at all police stations and whatever the fuck, precincts, each need to have a uniform 
records retention policy. And they all need to be reported in the same fashion. So if something happens and Officer Johnny is accused of excessive force that goes on his record and it's permanent and it's transparent and some way, somehow someone else outside of the police force should be notified of that. That's on your just, or at least be able to be publicly attained easily. Yes. So that when like, if, if a reporter wants to say, okay, has anyone been accused of excessive force in the past two years? They say, okay, here's our records. This is what we got. Boom. And it's done. It's that easy. That's how it should be. You know, what I would actually love, though, is just a candid interview with the uh, the George Floyd murderer. Just want to just I just want to hear his thoughts. Like what? Like, where's your head at now? Like, obviously, you're getting arrested. The, obviously, the you're going way, to jail for the rest of your life. The obviously, only you way probably ever, get murdered yourself. Right. And the only way ever he would agree to that is if he is either either when he's in jail or when he's convicted innocent or yeah. proved innocent. Sorry. And he'll uh, talk. If he did it because he's innocent, he'll do it to make money. If he did it when he's in jail, he'll do it to tell his side of the story and try to gain support to, to appeal. Yep. It would only be for his gain. Yeah. And you'd never get an actual canon interview because either no, way, he's going to It would tell. be playing a side of a story to help yep. his case, whatever it may it be. be profit or, yes. Yes. I want to hear his thoughts now. Like what, how many times have you done something like this? Like, how did you get this? How were you trained on this? Like, why was this your option? Like, I think pretty clearly that the knee on the neck thing is trained in police because it's happened a number of times even since. In Seattle, there was an officer arresting a protester and his knee went right to the fucking neck. And then the other officer, you know, praise to them, Shut threw them that off, knee right, right off, chucked yeah. off the knee. And it was like, well, that's what I'm talking about. That's what these people, how could you be so stupid? The, the magnifying glass has never been so tightly on you and you're still doing these things yeah how can you be making these these idiotic mistakes but yes it is a policy it's outlawed in certain regions in certain precincts or or cities or what have you but in others it's not and they still teach it and if it's taught to you that that's your policy then that's what people do yes you have to get rid of the policy out gone anyone that can't see that at this point is 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 for all intents and purposes, uh, emotionally, whatever, psychologically blind. There's going to be, I mean, honestly, there's a lot of policies and a lot of trainings. We're going to have a little policy training barbecue out here with all that just bullshit militaristic style stuff. Because honestly, as the police, your job, if you're doing it well, you don't really have to do a whole lot. You're monitoring stuff. You're answering calls. um, That's good. Well, I So that's... If we, if they implemented a lot of these changes we talked about in the long term, I think things would be much more peaceful. And if the cops were called on people, they would be less suspicious of the cops and the cops yep. would be less suspicious of people Yep. because there'd be more trust in both ways. However, I don't see how it happened, how the change starts in the short term. Because even right now, if the cops are called on someone, especially right now, they're going to be very hyper vigilant, and vice versa. If someone, if the cops are coming up to someone, and especially if they've done nothing wrong, they're or, or either way, if they've done something wrong or haven't, they're going to be hyper vigilant, hyper aware of what's happening as well, and mm-hmm. suspicious of what's about to happen. 
So I don't know the short-term fix. I think we've identified a number of long-term fixes. I just don't know what's going to make things change in the short term real quick. It has to be legal. The shortest term things that are going to make the changes is going to be getting rid of qualified immunity and instituting stuff. Right. Got to be policy changes. And that's what it has to be. And then probably, um, you know, it's hard to do. I guess it's more long-term is paying cops more um, and good cops. But I mean, that would, that'll be a long-term change that would be effective. I would definitely assume and agree with. Right. Um, so yeah, I think the biggest things are going to be strong leadership right now, strong communication. If you're a police chief right now, maybe have a press conference at least once a week, explain what you're doing, what's going on, what people in your jurisdiction can expect, you know, kind of moving forward yeah. and, and immediately have more transparency immediately. I think I mean, those trans- would be some great short-term effects. Transparency from the government and just transparency in general. It's something I have to work on with conversations with my girlfriend and other and stuff in life where I should be more transparent as well. But like transparency when you say, listen, from- Shannon, I, I, <laughs> you caught me jerking off. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, whatever Be transparent it about it. Be transparent yeah. about it. She got you. Um, but on that like note, I mean – Transparency, people want that. People like when they're understanding what's going on. I mean, how much do people like, like, for example, Greg Popovich gets this like great rap and stuff just because he's like always so surly with the media, but like realistically, like it kind of sucks. Like you don't know what's going on. You have no idea. Like that would be annoying to be a fan. I mean, the Chicago Bears had John Fox. Every injury was like, oh, he's day to day. And it's like, well, he has a broken leg. He's not day to day. Like, how much other teams know that like they're not morons like no one's that much of a moron like just be transparent and get back to like the policing like you have a press conference like hey like this is what's happened this week and you don't have to go over every fucking case but if you had anything like we had x officer do y and you know this is how we're reacting to it um and just like government too i mean there there's so much that goes on behind the table like what does a senator even do on a day-to-day basis like there's votes, I don't know, a couple times a month, maybe, if that. Like, what are you doing the rest of the time? You're, are you campaigning? Because it's like, well, I don't really care if you're campaigning. Like, that doesn't sound like you're working for my tax dollars at all. That yes, sounds like they are. They're, they're getting funding for their next round of elections. That's absolutely what they do. Um, I think, too, like you were just saying, though, before, um, the if – if they said, let's say something went wrong, right? And you just said, Officer X did Y. And and then they said, okay, from now on, here's what we're going to do about that. This officer was disciplined. And from now on, to try to prevent this from happening again, we're going to do Z. That would be tremendous. Yeah. That would be tremendous. That, that alone is, is the start of fostering trust within the community. And all you have to do then is follow through. You have to follow through. That's it. Yeah. Also, you mentioned Greg Popovich in a negative light, but he has been excellent this week. Talk. It's a big anti-Trump shit, not just for the sake of talking anti-Trump shit. He just has some very valid things that he's said. And I think he's a very smart man when it comes to social issues and he understands what's going on and he communicates them in a pretty stern, but, but clear manner. And yeah. he's gotten a lot of praise this week. 
I let's get let's get stick to sports here for a quick sec because there's a couple of things that happen sports related to this for sure. First and foremost, there's not much more to say on it, but Drew Brees. Drew Brees, Moron. man. Drew, Moron. Drew Brees. Have have you ever seen a city turn on an athlete quicker? No. No. I Maybe can't. Michael Vick. Drew Brees for guaranteed was, we'll say, the most revered athlete in the history of New Orleans, right? Yep. There can't have been another athlete. Not right? off the top of my Maybe oh, Zion in ten years. But he's not. He's not. Right. He not, has no. not been exactly. yet. So it is crazy. But he was an idiot for saying that. And supposedly he said it because allegedly he has potentially hopes of running for office one day. Uh, so he's well, just trying fired. to take a political standpoint. And again, that's the point, right? When you try to play politics, you fuck things up. Things get fucked up, whether it's, in his case, yourself or the country. When you're playing that game, it just becomes a clusterfuck one way or another. He obviously isn't very good at that game, so he right. fucked himself. <laughs> I mean, going on the politics side of this now, it's kind of like the Democrats putting up Biden because he's going to get some clout. Like he was the Obama VP people. Like a lot of people love the Obama era. So like, all right, we're going to get those votes. We're going to get all of those votes. Even though Joe Biden can't put a sentence together, there's no way he's coming up with any policy at this point. So really the vice president's going to run things. Um, so essentially they're just trying to they're playing politics I don't think, the entire thing. Okay. First, I don't think that, I mean, he was pretty much, elected by the primaries i mean it's not over yet technically and he hasn't officially won the nomination but the people already said that they want him more than some of these other candidates it's not just the party saying okay we picked joe biden well right? i don't think that's they, true they they could they can the they can prop up they can prop up and push who they want for sure is. they yeah. push who they want and that's you know I'm sure more times than not, especially this was the inclination last time around that they pushed Bernie out and pushed Hillary in and they got what they wanted. Um, But also, I don't think I think I think the most important job of a president is that you surround yourself with with the right people, even if. He, I don't think the vice president on a day-to-day basis in terms of the actual executive stuff is handling all that. I think if the president, if it, let's say it's Joe Biden, even though if he's not picking policy like that, if he, his cabinet is on point, if he picks qualified, respectable cabinet members and they all do their jobs effectively, then he's a great leader. That's what great leadership is, right? And then when time comes to shove and you got to make those big time calls, he'll, he can make those calls. But he's not, yeah, he doesn't have to be sitting there parsing over thousand page documents trying to determine what policy is going to be you surround yourself with qualified people you trust them to do their jobs and if something goes wrong then you make changes yep i well unfortunately joe is not capable of doing any of that because he he just can't even put together a sentence his ability to do that remains to be seen but that is you know what you hope for when you're electing someone in my that, opinion, I don't care about, yeah. I don't want, you know, I don't want my president to be making all the decisions. That's not, you know, that's not a president. That's more of a fucking uh, monarchy. Obviously, I, there's still checks and balances, but yeah. even within your own branch, you still want to delegate and have other people be working. It's not just one man coming up with ideas by himself. And I want people from different viewpoints and people who are actually like an education secretary who maybe was like a superintendent for 
like the Chicago public school system. And like, if they were good at it, like I'm just, um, but had like a very good record, like not just like Betsy DeVos who managed or ran a fucking scam private school. Well, guess what? Trump also ran a scam private school. So that's where they fell in love. You know, that's where the connection was made. But yeah, if you, if you elect someone who is honorable and or decent, um, that's what you should want. I'm pretty sure Obama said he loved when people disagreed with him and he loved to challenge them onto why, not because he wanted to stand someone up and make them seem like, you know, he was embarrassed them or calling them out, but because he wanted to see if he was wrong. He wanted to see those viewpoints. Yeah. And that, which is like why politics is so fucked up right now and why Trump ruins so much more than just like being president. It's that there is no agreements outside of maybe this last two weeks or week or so when most people seem to be on the same page of like, all right, the police are a little fucked up. What other agreements have there been in the last three and a half years? There's been nothing. Everything is fighting and it's not even like no conversations. It's just like, Nope, my point's better. I'm only going to vote for my point. Like there's, there's none of that. And I think over the course of our whole generation, politics, political lines have become further and further spread apart and they seem to be stopping at no time soon. But the difference too with Trump is that he is not open at all to any other viewpoints. It's just, this is what I want because this is best for me as far as I know. And I'm sticking with that. And that's what we're all going to do. And that's what we're all going to say. And there's no other alternative. Yeah. You know, he's so close minded about everything. It's his way or no way. And that's it. And that's not effective. Surrounds himself with yes, then. And that's probably why a lot of his companies have gone bankrupt. Right. That is why a lot of his companies have gone bankrupt. And he's not this great leader that some people make him out to be. You need to challenge yourself. Yes. You need to surround yourself with people that will challenge you because sometimes you're going to be fucking wrong and you need to be open to that. Which is really a long way of saying I, it's unfortunate that we're at this point, but I'm going to hold my nose and vote for Joe Biden. You gotta, you gotta. Yeah, you have to, you have to. What I said before was wrong. I understand that Joe has his faults and uh, might be a rapist. And at very least is a very creepy person who should not be in the position. He's a creepy guy. That's for sure. But here we are. And I don't have any control over the hand that I was dealt, but I have to play it and I have to play it the best way. And that's the problem with everyone else. That's the problem with just having two main political parties. You're handcuffing yourself between an A or a B. The choice here is obvious and it's just the lesser of two evils. And that's what you got to do. Yeah. If you talk about all that stuff, remember Trump's the guy who talks about grabbing women by the pussy. And I'm pretty sure has had dozens of hush, hush money payments for what amount to sexual assaults, you know? Yeah. In that respect, it's like a lose-lose. But again, you're just choosing the lesser of two evils. It sucks, but that's what you get. It's it's just so disheartening that that's what American politics has become. From like a country that was founded to try and get out of a monarchy. Well, there's actually some interesting reading that I've done on that where there's some people and there's some credible sources on this that believe that Britain, a a larger reason than given credit in the history books that America really tried to get out of Britain 
was because Britain was moving more towards anti-slavery. That's deep. That's deep. I'd love to read that. That's very interesting. I would love to read that. It's, um, yeah, it's, it's shocking. There's a book by a gentleman and I will look up the name real quick. If you just want to vamp about something real fast. It's my pool's still not open. I want my fucking pool open. <laughs> I, Dr. I wrote a very, I wrote a very Karen style email to my office. <sighs> it was a week ago and I still haven't heard back. I'm pissed. Oh, I'm going over there this week. I'm going over there. You're not allowed in the office. I'm going to knock on the door until someone comes outside. I'm going to ask them, why didn't they answer my emails? When's the pool going to open? Yeah. Go on. What's the name of the book? Um, well, the author is Dr. Gerald Horn, and he has written a many books, many books. But uh, he's an interesting guy. Crazy well-educated. Um, I heard him on a podcast that I – I like it's the useful idiots with Matt Taibbi and Katie Halpert. Um, I, after you're done listening to this, I would recommend giving that a listen to real quick, but um, yeah, it's, he's an, he's got a lot of interesting takes. Very, seems like a very well-read, very intelligent person. And one of his books is at least in part is about a, um, the U.S. Revolution and some of the other reasons that you never, ever, ever hear about. That's interesting. I like it. Yeah. I'm intrigued. So, yeah, I've got a uh, Audible book coming up in... Actually, I should have that token now. So I'm going to... I'm going to... That'll be the next book I listen to. And it'll probably take me a couple weeks. So we'll we'll discuss that further at that point. Um, all right. So got off on a moho... Well, we, we set off on a big quest to try and talk about how to fix the police. Um, I think we got some good points. Anything else you would like to add to that discussion? Mm, It's hard. It's hard. And I would say, you know, people have done a lot of good stuff making, you know, their displeasure about what's going on known. And it's really cool to see. And I would say, let's not stop until something does change. I, that's massive. Great point. Great point. Don't stop until something changes. That's huge. A um, little bit of Seattle news just for shits and gigs um, while we're kind of talking stuff. We entered phase 1.5 on Friday. Wow. Yeah. Which is like, <laughs> it's so ridiculous. The governor had a press conference on Friday and was pretty much just like, yeah, you can open like less capacity, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But like, yeah, you're in 1.5 now. Like I never mentioned this before and we're just kind of throwing this on you now, but like you can open. So like have fun. Here's the weekend. Like get fucked. Just if you're, it's so, the reason that is really frustrating is I know that a lot of businesses and businesses that I've worked with have done a lot of time, like thinking about like what to do. But you also kind of assumed you would have like a week to set up those plans and not just like literally two hours. <laughs> like if you're if you're going to be like, oh, hey, like what should have happened is on like Monday, been like, hey, we're looking into this. You know, all the reporting we have is looking really good. You know, the cases are down. This is down. That's down. We're all looking really good. We're on the right track and we think we can do this. We're going to let you know on Friday, but here's what we're planning. Instead of just being like, oh, we have a press conference Friday. Listen up. We're going to do something big. 
And now all these businesses are open and all the fucking business owners and workers are just like, yeah, this shit's fucking crazy. We were not, we were not ready because we weren't given an opportunity to be ready. No chance. And that's just frustrating. And that goes back to transparency. It does. But don't you think you would have had at least a soft plan in place? <laughs> I mean, it didn't really make it seem you do have a soft plan in place. You do. But that doesn't mean like if you're operating one way, if you're doing takeout and you're doing takeout only. Right. And you're all set up for that. You may have changed the inside runnings of your business entirely to make takeout more optimized. Then you have two hours to implement the other so, plan that you have. Yes, the hardest part's got to be the schedule, get determining which employees are available and yeah. who can come in, right? I'm sure that was an absolute cluster. Nightmare. But. Nightmare. Especially like uh, places I work, this didn't affect it as much where like people weren't laid off. So you didn't have to like call people in and be like, hey, you're hired again. But like I'm 100% sure that happened places this weekend. In oh, Seattle. yeah. Yeah. And then it, sure. it's just an unneeded un, un, un nightmare. You could it could have just been so much smoother, so much easier for the small businesses. Most mostly the small businesses that I care about. Fuck corporate, like whatever the corporations do, like they'll fucking figure out. Fuck yeah, they're they're right. they're in a different realm. That, but it's like small businesses. That is weird. It's a weird it's just, way to go about weird. it. It's just odd. Yeah. And there's never any real mention of like plan 1.5 before this right of course not why why would anyone call it some light rumors yeah it's like it's very clear that they have no plan no that's a peculiar one 1.5 what do you think was the driver there just dying to get the economy open um i would say a little bit of that and i honestly believe that the protest had something to do with it in terms of well all these people are out anyways. They're protesting, which is good. Um, so let's just let them get drinks afterwards or get a bite to eat. I don't know. Like I, 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 I think there's a correlation there. Uh, I'll say. So have that. you gone out yet? I've not. Like personally, I have socially? no interest. I've so like my life. I've my work was concerned essential business. Um, the other part time gig I have, we were doing takeout shit. Um, so I've been out in the public already. I have zero interest in going to an establishment where I have to probably wait in a line to get in and then like, just feel like the pressure of, Oh, like, am I taking too long? I don't want to take someone else's time. And just knowing that it's just hell for the people working in there and just stressful. Like I, I don't want to add to that right now. Like I'm totally cool with waiting to go out to eat until we're like just out of this thing. Like I'm fine. I'm fine with that. I don't want to. And it's just cause I, I know how stressful it is for the workers. Um, and I don't want to add to that stress because I'm, I'm fine. I don't need, to, I've, I've been out. I'm not like, I understand some of the people who have been cooped up in their houses for three months, right. whatever you work for Amazon, you work for Facebook, you work for Microsoft, whatever. Um, and you're just been like working at home and like, you've been just with you, your significant other, maybe, and your dog or cat. And you're just like, I need to get the fuck out of this house. My kids are driving me crazy. Like I get that. I'm just not there. I'm good. Like I've been out. I'm out frequently. I go outside on runs. Like I, I, I can wait. Like I don't need to, uh, make anyone's life harder. Fair. Very fair. I've been Um, out. Yeah. (laughs) Well, you're in a, yeah. Tennessee doesn't matter. No one cares. I don't care. I don't even care. It's fine. 
No, it's all a matter of opinion. And that's why we're here. We have different opinions and we're talking about. We're not hiding. I'm not. Rob, you're a fucking idiot. What the fuck are you doing out? No, we're not doing that. We're not doing that. No, we're not. We have different ideas and that's totally cool. I like different ideas. Makes you learn. That's how you learn. Um, It's been fun. It's been fun going out. Any any last minute things you've got? Uh, No, that was it. I mean... I think we did a pretty good. This was a this was a good. It was a little different this episode, but I definitely enjoyed it. I appreciated yeah. doing it. Yeah. All right. So let's. Uh, I'm going to finish off with something positive. Like I said, we're going to do the sandwich style, and I've got one more story, and I think this is hilarious. Yeah. So absurd. A man broke his 150th Guinness World Record by drinking a liter of lime juice. This dude, an Idaho man, broke his 150th Guinness World Record by drinking an entire liter of lime juice in 17.29 seconds. I thought you were going to say minutes. That's so gross. I thought you were going to say minutes. Oh, that's so disturbing to hear. Nope. Nope. Uh, Oh, God. What? What? Oh, man. What's like David the nastiest Hutch. thing David you've Hutch drank? Food. What's the what's the nastiest thing you've drank? Uh, in college, um, one of our buddies made I think what's it called like Green Dragon drink. I think it's called where oh, you just have yeah, the Green Dragon Everclear yeah. with weed soaking in it, like the stems of the weed soaking in it for months. Yeah, that had to be pretty high on that list. That's probably I, I, the nastiest thing I ever drank was like a concoction. It was yeah. like we played like a weird game of King's Cup. You know how like you pour all the drinks in the middle of for King's Cup? Yeah. Yeah. It yeah, was yeah. kind of like that, but it was, the rules were all different. I think someone spit in it and there was like Ooh. fucking liquor. There was like uh, water. Cup. There was um, all sorts of shit to just really throw this thing off. I think there was a crayon in there. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. It was fucking gross, man. That was an. It was. It, yeah. When I was in middle school at a sleepover at a buddy's house, um, we wake up the next morning. Um, we're like, oh, let's get some breakfast. And uh, me and my friend, we had a plan. We're like, all right, we're going to we're going to put something in our buddy's drink. Like we're going to we're going to mess them a little bit here. So we go upstairs. We're like, oh, yeah, we'll get it. Like, you're good. And he was like still sleeping. He's like, oh, can you get me some orange juice? And we're like, yeah. So we go upstairs, we get him some orange juice and we put like coffee grounds and stuff in it, which was a terrible idea because you can see coffee grounds. And he's like, yeah, very he takes bad. one look and he's just like, fuck you. What is this? So, <laughs> all right. All right. Damn it. Like that didn't work. We tried. So then I, I was like, all right, fine. Like I just go to the, I was like, I was sincerely just going to pour him a glass of um, orange juice. Then after that, he was bitching and moaning. So then I just like open the fridge and right next to me, for whatever reason, there's a bottle of vinegar. Or it might have been malt vinegar in the fridge, actually. And I just pour some of that in first real quick without him noticing. Be like, all right, here's your orange juice. He like looks it over, smells it, doesn't notice anything. Then he drinks it. And it's just like, just loses his mind in anger. And it was just so much fun. Oh, That's a so good fun. one. Vinegar is a nice choice. That's funny. Yeah, clear. I mean, it does have a smell, but orange juice also a pretty strong smell. Right. So it must have masked well. it. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was proud of that one. That was quick. Quick thinking. Kind okay. of quick thinking you expect from a smart podcast like ours. Of course, naturally. I like it. Challenge to everyone. Challenge all the listeners. Give someone a weird drink. Fuck up their drink a little bit. Yeah, I like let's, that. Let's, let's see what uh, you got. Let us know what happens. Let us know what happens. Send us emails. Podcast at anotherweekwith.com. Send us emails. 
Twitter. Bonus for pictures. Bonus for pictures or Bonus videos. For pictures and videos. Oh yeah, we will we'll post those around where we can. Um, Twitter another week with Facebook. Um, same thing another week with. Uh, yeah, I think I think we got somewhere good. I think we're giving good information to the people, and I'm excited about it. Um, follow us on Twitter at another week with. Email us podcast at or yeah, what's the email? It's is it at it is at I'm an idiot. Podcast mm-hmm. at yeah. anotherweekwith.com. Um thank you, Rob. I'm an idiot, and uh we love you guys. We love you guys, yeah, right, Rob? We love you. We love you big time. Long time. Big time, long time. Big time and a long time. All right, we'll talk to y'all next week. <laughs>